While I was only a toddler during the punk grunge alternative renaissance of the late 20th century, I grew up with a huge enough appreciation for it that it didn't even matter that I was born a decade too late. But Nick Palmer of the band Waxwave told me a little bit about growing up punk in the 90s and how he found the band that would go on to lay the groundwork for his musical career. I've been listening to like alternative music as early as like 10 or 11, you know, when, when Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and, and all that kind of stuff released our records. So I was kind of like, I was ready for music that sounded punk, but that stuff hadn't been called punk. That stuff was called grunge. Uh, I was about uh, 12 or 13 years old, 1995. I had just gotten into, uh, you know, Green Day released Dookie in 1994, and I was like the exact right age for that. So Green Day comes out, and I hear this word punk, and I'm like, well, this record is awesome. And people keep saying it's punk, and I'm hearing this punk revival thing. So I just started seeking out that style of music, and, um, you know, bought that Offspring record and the Rancid record, and went backwards a little bit and found, you know, the Ramones and stuff like that. You know, again, being in, like, the suburbs, there's only so much that the record stores carry. I didn't have, like... The, I wasn't in a college town, I wasn't in the city, so I didn't have like a hip record store to go like ask a guy what I should listen to. It was just my classmates and like the, you know, the corporate record store. So, um, so it was hard to find super underground stuff, which means you kind of like ran out of stuff pretty quickly. And at that age, you're only buying like a record a week, but we, you know, 10 weeks later, I'm like, okay, these are the pretty much the only punk bands I know about yet. And, you know, they were introduced to me from, you know, from a classmate. Um, so, you know, there was like, five to ten of us in my school of, you know, 1,500 people that, like, <laughs> that were identifying as punks, you know, in 1995, and, like, you know, we would all show each other the bands that we had found, so Fugazi came to me through, like, one of those few kids. Me on the suburbs is able to find this band Fugazi because of how they'd done that, and then I hear that story, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, like, how inspiring, this is my new favorite band. Because the internet wasn't really significant, and the suburbs were inherently a culturally secluded place, the only way Nick could find new bands was if they were big enough to be found. Luckily, Fugazi had made quite a name for themselves all on their own. Uh, Fugazi had been doing really well because of word of mouth. They had kind of like, um, I guess the, the, this is where the story of Fugazi and the story of me finding them would intersect because um, I can only find what's you know big and successful and the way they became big and successful is a big part of their narrative, and it's, and it's the reason I found it, but then it's also the reason I fell in love. The music itself and the message and the fact that they practiced what they preached, you know, really spoke to me. Fugazi are notorious for being one of the first DIY bands. They were able to create their music and their fan base entirely by themselves, and that's what Nick loved about them. And sort of coinciding with the, the rise of like alternative music, like I was talking about, uh, you know, this is the, that's the kind of music they're playing, but they're doing it on their own record label, touring on this, like, DIY circuit, and they're playing, like, pizzerias and gymnasiums and, and stuff like that. Like, they're not playing traditional rock clubs. They're doing stuff just without any corporate backing, and, and they were good enough and, like, intense enough, and they worked hard enough. They would play 250 shows a year. You know, their second record, Repeater, eventually went platinum. They just had this network that they had sort of like built throughout the 80s um, of, of just, you know, do-it-yourself, like independent, like a kid in a town rents a gym and, and makes sure like, you know, 500 people come and like that's the show they play. Throughout the past 25 years, Fugazi has remained a constant for Nick and have always managed to stay relevant in his life. And then at different parts of my life, it's definitely like they always seem to come up because... Whether I'm, um, you know, 
uh, after I got into punk, you know, later in high school, I got into like ska and, and they do, and, and I was still able to like find something in Fugandia, like because they were, they would incorporate like reggae into their sort of like hardcore punk sound in really interesting ways. And then later I get into, you know, like more the indie rock side of things, kind of like in the 2000s when all that stuff was so huge, like the, the Strokes and the Arcade Fire kind of, that was the big thing and everybody got swept up in that. But Fugazi still fit into that too because they were doing like this interesting kind of music. So no matter where the trends went, they, they always like really fit into my life and I was able to, you know, me and my friends would, always have them to play and always have them to talk about. And they were especially relevant when Nick started playing music. They taught him that you can do anything and that you can do everything yourself. So there's no excuse to not make music. But I did start learning guitar right around the time that I got into punk rock and, and started to form bands and I had bands all through high school. Um, you know, they taught us through the way that they did things that we were able to do things. Um, uh, that's, that's sort of, at that point in my life, um, it would have been difficult for me to be super influenced by them musically because they're so musically complex. Like, the stuff they're doing is not, like, three-chord Green Day Ramones. Like, hey, anyone can do this. Like, they're extremely talented musicians. Um, so in the early days, it was about the fact that they had, you know, like, taught us through what they did that, um, you know, if you do things, like, on the cheap and you do things by yourself and you don't wait to get booked at like the big deal venue. You just find your own venue, you find your own space, you start the record label, you put out your records. Like, you know, the fact that they told us through how they did it that we didn't need permission, you know, gave us permission to, to go ahead and do it. So that's why I started my first band. That's why I had the, you know, the goal to record them and try and sell those recordings at the shows that I had put on, you know, that kind of stuff. Later in life, that kind of, um, that sort of flips a bit, and then the music does become, you know, as I get better and better at my instruments, as I get into my mid and later 20s, and as I continue to sort of, like, own my craft and try and write better songs, every, you know, hopefully every song I write is better than the one before it, and, you know, you're on that quest, like, you go back and listen to Fugazi, and you're like, my God, I still, they were, they were younger than me now, and they were doing this kind of stuff, like, I still have, I still have a ways to go, you listen to them. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's so complex that it inspires me to try and write a better guitar part or try and write a groovier, you know, a groovier song that I'm writing right now. Fugazi has been a constant source of inspiration for Nick ever since he found them as a teenager. They're whatever you want them to be, and they're also, they are what they are. You know, that barely makes sense, but when I wanted, like, punk music at the beginning and I needed the guitars to be loud... And I needed it to sound aggressive and I wanted people to just sound angry because I was confused and angry and I'm pimple now and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what they were for me. And that is what they are. And then, um, you know, and, and then as I'm getting into sort of more complex music and I'm wanting to hear stuff that takes a little bit more skill to play than just, you know, like bashed out hardcore and, um, you know, and I'm looking for a little bit more melody and some interesting music theory. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting better. Um, I can look to them and they have all that and that is what they are, but that's what I needed from them. And then they were able to, to give me that. And, you know, as, as I've been inspired to write sort of more like, um, sort of like political, political and socially conscious music and, um, uh, and try and do my best to sort of like write protest music in the, in the past year because of, uh, of everything that's going on. Um, they did, they did that too. And I had never really realized that cause I hadn't been, paying attention to the lyrics as much. It was their music and their sort of like their practices that had inspired me back then. But now I go through and read the lyrics and, you know, a song like, um, 
like merchandise or um, or the smallpox song. Like these are really powerful, you know, protest songs. Like merchandise saying "You are not what you own." That just seems like a fun thing to scream when I wanted to scream something when I was a kid. But now it's like, oh yeah, yes, consumerism. You are not what you own. Now I understand. You know, they have so much going on that they, they've always meant different things to me when I use them too. And now Nick's band Waxwave abides by the same DIY mentality that Fugazi instilled in him when he was growing up. But DIY is a flexible term. And one interpretation that Nick likes to adhere to is Laura Jane Grace's. I like what she says, which is DIY doesn't have to mean do it alone. It means do it together. Um, So, you know, are we DIY in the sense that, like, have I been the promoter at every show we've played? No, We, we work with promoters throughout the city who, you know, who book at, at, uh, at clubs and stuff like that. And we, we play those places. Um, you know, nothing corporate, like they are DIY promoters and then we work with them, you know, uh, did we produce it? No, we went to a studio, um, uh, with an old, with a guy who's known for 20 years, who's been in DIY punk rock bands. He's part of that scene. You know, he's a, he's a collaborator with the, uh, silly DIY scene. So, you know, we, um, uh, we work with people who have skills that we don't have, such as booking shows and, uh, and producing records that sound really good. But um, uh, the physical form of our first EP is a zine um, with a download code. We made the zine entirely ourselves. Like it's, it's handwritten lyrics, it's activism and charity info, it's poetry by the guitar player, um, there's artwork from the drummer, and the bass player um, did all the graphic design and, and printed the things up. And, um, and we put the EP on, uh, on Bandcamp with uh, a download code in the zine. Um, so we wanted to do that entirely ourselves. Um, so the, uh, the physical manifestation and, and sort of release strategy of the, uh, of the EP is 100% DIY. And at this point in his life, it's safe to say that Nick can't remember a time before he was a Fugazi fan. They've always sort of, they've always just been there. And um, they've stuck around in a way that's not sort of, like they've stuck around in my life the longest in a way that never was about nostalgia. Like when I put on Green Day Dookie now, it takes me back to high school. A lot of that that doesn't stick with you. You put it on and you get that enjoyment. It takes you back. Like, Fugazi always feels in the moment. And there's, there's only a small handful of bands to do that for me. So it, it's, it's not a moment. It, it's just a lifetime of, uh, of um, genuine enjoyment, you know, that, is, um, that I can't think of much else that does that for me in that way. Um, All right. Favorite album? Uh, Repeater. Favorite song? Uh, tough not to say waiting room, uh, but I'll say merchandise. And if they were listening to this right now, what is one thing that you'd want to tell them? I, I, I appreciate what you guys did for uh, countless kids who um, who would not have started playing music if they didn't feel like there was a way to get that music out. Um, you, you guys were the teachers, and, and we are all the students, and I hope we're making you proud. I'd like to thank Nick for taking the time to talk with me on this show and for reminding us all the importance of DIY bands. And if you want to listen to his DIY band, go check out Waxwave. And that's wax like a candle and wave like the audiophile, not like the kind of water you ride a surfboard on. Thank you for listening to Fan of the Band. And if you liked what you heard, please give the show a good rating on iTunes. And never stop listening.